Good morning. Good morning. It is good to see you at the chapel this morning. I think spring is sprung. How about you? Oh, it feels good. Feels good. You know, this is the time of year. Uh, Gwen and I celebrate our anniversary. We thank you for all the wonderful gifts throughout the years that you have given us on our anniversary. And, you know, yesterday we, we celebrated Kristen and Justin's uh, wedding shower. And, and they, they were up here and just surrounded by all these gifts. And, you know, it was hard for John Miller not to go back in my mind to being in those wedding showers myself. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a man, so I, I don't go to wedding showers. But let me tell you, I went to my wedding shower. Because let me tell you, it was just the generosity of being a part of our church is just wonderful. You know, to, to see all the gifts a young couple gets. And, and uh, I, I know personally uh, a couple, well, a year ago, November, Heath, my son, uh, and May got married. And, you know, every gift that was given was one more that I know that I didn't have to buy them. Because if we're not careful, it's all about this guy, you know. And uh, anyway, just just to celebrate, and, and, you know, we have a slogan at our church, you know, give us a year and it'll change your life. Just hearing the Word of God on a weekly basis. And, and Kristen said, let me tell you, I've been hearing it's changed my life. Look at all these gifts. And, and, and she was just excited. And I noticed that as Americans, all the gifts, probably about 90% of them dealt with food in some way preparation or, you know, some kind of pots and pans and all that good stuff. So again, thank you for them. I know that they appreciate that. And, and Homer and Lisa were almost as joyful as the couple getting married uh, this uh, coming May. So I know that there's a, a few more couples in our church, young couples that are getting married, and they're pretty excited too. So stay tuned as we give you announcements about what is coming and wedding showers, and then after, you know, the weddings for, you know, a couple, who knows, couple at least weeks and months, and then the baby showers come, and and uh, all the young couples that are getting married, if you don't have a name picked out for your little child, John is always a good name. If it's a girl, Joan is also a good name. This week, we were able to spend some time with Daniel and Giselle uh, through FaceTime. Isn't that amazing how even though that they're in Brazil, a young couple in our church that is, uh, that is working out their immigration, uh, they hope to be back soon. And they said that they'd be watching today, and I told them I'd give them kind of a, a shout out. But, you know, when you're looking on FaceTime, if you've ever done that, it, it, it's a little screen if you're using your phone. You know, so Gwen and I were both in the screen trying to... so. Hey, how are, how are you? And I think about this much of my face was being done, but we communicated how much we love them and how much that we're ready for them, amen, to come back. And uh, they were saying how much God was making a way in Brazil for them. Uh, Brooke, my daughter, just got back from visiting, visit, visiting them in Brazil. It's easy for me to say. Visiting them in Brazil uh, for about 10 dates. And uh, she said that it was just an amazing experience for her to be able to uh, go over there and, and, and attend their church. Just humble people and people that love God. 
just uh, worshiping God sometimes as a family is is what they do uh, on many occasions, just sitting around and and uh, you got a built-in guitarist there that can just play Daniel and and uh, they they have a great time uh, in fellowship with God. Is there a squeaking? You got to fix that squeaking, whoever squeaking. <laughs> Turn down my hearing aid. All right. <laughs> Look quickly. Do you have a music detector or sound detector? Let's see if it's this. Hot, hot, cold, 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 hot. <laughs> As you're looking for that, we'll give him a. I don't know if he found it. Just, just stand like this, or you know, like this, or like this, and I'm sure it'll go off. But uh, we're in the series. <laughs> we're in the series, uh, the harvest, and we're talking about the goodness of God in our lives, and and we've talked about this year how we believe that God is going to bring a harvest in our life as a church, but also as individuals. And this morning I've asked Gwen, my lovely assistant, to come and, and read my text for today. I don't think I ever get the woo! Five. Now it occurred that while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats drawn by the lake, but the fishermen had gone down from them and were washing their nets. And getting into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon Peter, he requested him to draw away a little from the shore. Then he sat down and continued to teach the crowd of people from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. And Simon Peter answered, Master, we toiled all night, exhaustingly, and caught nothing in our nets. But on the ground of your word, I will lower the nets again. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And as their nets were at the point of breaking, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and take hold with them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was gripped with bewildering amazement, ailed, allied in terror, and all who were with him at the hall of fish which they had made. And so also were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon Peter. And Jesus said to Simon, Have no fear. From now on, you will be catching men. And after they had run their boats on shore, they left everything and joined him as his disciples and sided with his party and accompanied him. Yes. Is there, is there something wrong with this headset? Is that what's doing it? No? You got it taken care of? All right, good. Good, 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 good. Because I got something to say today. (laughs) 
This morning, I want you to think about the text. If you're able to follow Gwen during the beeping there, she she read the text about Peter and Jesus. And I don't want you to see this because Jesus is walking along the shore and we've prayed and we've talked about this before of God putting us in the right place at the right time to meet the right people to bring about all that God has for us in our life, our purpose. But that we also pray that God makes us aware when the day comes that He puts us in that place. It's not just one day, but it's many days. That God says, you know what, today I have something that you are going to be at an appointment, a divine appointment, and sometimes we get out of whack, we think that it's this. But it's on the way that God has divined that appointment that sometimes that without self-awareness of where we're at at the right time, we blow right through it. I want you to see this passage because I, I this week as I, I began to study this, I just became overwhelmed with how how it's just right there, but sometimes I missed it. And I've read this passage in my life literally probably hundreds of times, and maybe some of you have too. And I want to show you something that maybe you haven't seen before. Here, here's Jesus, and he's on this day. It seems like a very regular day, but it's a day that's going to change history. You'll understand when I get done this morning. He's walking on the beach, and he begins to have a crowd that begins to gather in, and it says that it begins to press him. And I want you to think about this, because the crowd was so big that it began to push him against the sea. And Jesus sees two boats sitting right there on the the shoreline and he begins to think and he says, if I can stand in one of those, they can't get as close to me and I'll push out. Some people think that he was able to use the water as kind of a a magnifying of the, the kind of a speaker system to bounce his voice off of that more and more people that would gather around could hear him. And the story is that Jesus gets to the point he says to Peter, hey, Can I use your boat? And Peter says, Yeah, you use my boat. Now here's where it's turning. Just on the willingness to say that, all of a sudden things are in motion that will not only change his life, but it will change the world. Just his willingness to say yes. I want you to see this. This is a boat. Peter is a fisherman. He has some partners. We know the sons of Zebedee, John and James. And he must be somewhat successful, as I mentioned last week. He has partners. Usually failure doesn't want to have any partners. And and he has a a group of people that go out on occasion and, and they catch fish. That's the whole mission. That's the whole job description. To catch fish. And then once you catch fish, to get them in the boat. And when you get them in the boat, to get them to shore. And then to sell them and to make a living. This is something that's very familiar to him, just like your jobs, just what you do. And this morning, I want you to see this is the whole sermon that we're going to build on today is here's Peter and he sees something as familiar, something that is not that special, his boat. But Jesus sees it as a platform. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. You're dismissed. Here he is. Peter, and the Bible says that he's on the shore and he's cleaning his nets. He's been he's been there for quite a while, apparently, because he is now finished in cleaning his or to fishing and he's he's doing the cleanup so that he can go home. This is something that is very familiar to him. This is something that you can relate to in your life, in your jobs, in your daily routines, what you have for you 
I mean, what you do on a regular basis and, and what we talk about in the past of being a routine is something that we become familiar with. It becomes a habit really to make our day go faster. It's more predictable. There, there's nothing like starting a new job or, or getting in a new relationship. There, there's some excitement, but there's kind of an uneasiness until we become familiar with it. Well, this is what I want you to see today, because a lot of times when we talk about our purpose and, and reaping a harvest of what God has for us, we think, you know what, my, my life is kind of boring. My life is kind of mundane. I, I just don't have anything that I, you know, really see that God could even use to do something so big that I could be a world changer or I could reap a harvest of what I've been believing for and seeking for in my life for years. That I've been going to church and I've been, I've been doing the right things and I'm trying to get in the right habits and I'm not perfect, but you know what, I, when am I going to understand my purpose? I'll even hear that sometimes a person that is more mature in age will say, you know what, I don't know what God's going to do for me or with me. I'm just waiting until God reveals His purpose. We, we've talked about stewardship sermons in, in the, the time of, uh, in, in stewardship months where we've said that, that the parable of the talents and how the, the owner had given certain talents to his servants and then left and came back and, and the whole sermon was titled, What Have You Done With What I Gave You? And sometimes we hear sermons like that and we go, you know what, God, I, I don't know if I've done enough. But God, I, I don't know because maybe you put me in the right place at the right time and hey, God, maybe I met the right people, but man, I sure didn't know it when I'd ha it happened. See, a lot of times we look at our lives as nothing special. And what we see is just a boat. But God says, I want to use it as my platform. Would you, would you let me use it as my platform? See, Peter thinks, you know, this is just something that I do. And, and, you know, the day that I got the boat, I was pretty happy because now I can have it as a tool to make a living. But God said, I remember the day that I gave you that boat. And that was a day that I realized that one day I'm going to use it as a platform. See, this morning you might be here and you say, you know, all I do is I'm an IT guy and that's nothing special. God says, can I use it for a platform? Some of you are in security. Some of you are taking care of children. Some of you are housewives. Some of you are businessmen. And you say, you know what? It's just a boat. It's just what I do. And God says, but if you'll let me use it, it can be a platform. See, sometimes we think that we got the college degree. We got the promotion. But God says, you know what? Realize that I didn't give you that job just to make a living. I know it's important. I know you have needs. But I gave you that job to be used as my platform. So why did you get in that place where you think, you know, there's a bunch of hellions at my job. Nobody's a believer but me. God says, I'm using that job and you as a platform to speak the truth. If I'm the light in the darkness that you sing about on Sunday morning, then I'm going to work through you at that job as my platform. And if we're not careful, we look at it as Peter did, and it's something special, but it's something that really is so familiar that we're going, how in the world could God ever use me? When you think about your gifts, your influence, your family, your background, all the good, the bad, and the ugly, as the creator of the universe, his platform. 
to be able to change the world around you. All of a sudden we step back and we begin to think, oh, oh, maybe there's a lot of different things in my life that I have allowed. The creator of the universe not to use my life as a platform. See, what I found out is God will give you about anything that you're willing to give him back. When Peter took position as a fisherman, this is my position. This is what I need. This is nothing special. He went through his life looking and he says, you know, what am I? But the day that Jesus shows up and revelation hits him, that that is God's platform. All of a sudden, then he begins to see the revelation of how this is going to unfold in his life. And, and I want you to see this. When, when people say, you know, God let me move to that city to be used as a platform, all of a sudden I begin to smile because I know what they're doing. They're coming with their eyes open, looking and longing and expecting for God to do something. And they don't sometimes even know why they're here. Maybe a job. Maybe they came because their children moved here first and grandchildren, granddaddy's got to be by grandchildren. Everybody knows that. And we think that we're doing it because of this reason. But God says, no, no, no. I moved you to Fort Worth to be a platform for me. And what, what's so amazing and so simple about this message is Jesus looks at Peter and says, Hey, can I use your boat? And Peter goes, yeah, you can use my boat. And just on being nice, huh? Just on being nice, doors begin to open up in Peter's life that would have never opened up before. Do, do you understand with me that nasty begins to close all kinds of doors in your life? It shuts down the anointing and, and people's favor and everything else in your life. All you have to do is you'd be nasty. Nah. And I want you to see this is a lot of times people are nasty when they look at somebody that they don't think they're going to get anything out of. Can I get, do you know what I'm talking about? See, see, if it's someone that's bigger, someone that's, you know, maybe the boss man or someone that's, oh, how are you doing? How can I serve you? But if it's someone that we think that is not above us, then sometimes we go, you know, what is it in for me to be nice to you? And I think that's a judge of character. And, and here's Peter. And I just have to wonder is even though he's a fisherman, even though he's Jewish. There's there's many people, the Bible says and history says at this time, being teachers and rabbis that are traveling around. They're false teachers, they're false rabbis, they're not the Messiah. But I just wonder if Peter starts thinking about, again, what's in it for this guy? And he's thinking, I'm a fisherman. How in the world could a teacher, how could somebody that's being a rabbi traveling around going to help me out? Can you use my boat? I don't have time for you. Go on. But here's Peter. In whatever the situation, it seems like he's cordial to Jesus. And he says, okay. And all of a sudden, being nice begins to open up Peter for a harvest. Now think about that just a minute. Don't pass over that. Just being nice. Just looking. Being 
As we say around here, if you go through the church membership class and you want to be a part of the church, what we do is we teach that we want fat people. Now everybody goes, but you'll never forget this. Fat, faithful, available, and teachable. Am I right? There's some people, I got that one down. Daddy likes enchiladas. Anyway. And, and there's something about someone that's faithful, but there's someone that's faithful when they want to be faithful. It's something about someone that wants to be available, but, but there's another person that wants to be available just when they're wanting to be available and they're free. There's someone that wants to be teachable and says, you know what, I don't know everything. But then there's somebody that's saying, I'm teachable as long as you agree with everything I say. And I'm wondering if Peter isn't thinking, he could have thought that same thing. What has what this rabbi to do with fishing? And, and, and I've had a rough day. I haven't caught any fish. There, there's something about, you know, a test coming in our life. And it's not when we're the receiver, but it's when we're the blesser, when we're the giver. Can I use your boat? My boat? Did you not see all the other boats down the shore? And here's Peter. And this choice right here, right now, is going to determine his purpose. See, it's something so little. If he said no, he would have slammed the door on his purpose right there. Not that God wouldn't have come back and used him, but at this moment in his life, God is at his doorstep. You could say knocking. Opportunity is knocking. And sometimes we go, no thanks. This morning I'm speaking to somebody. There's someone here, and there could be several people. Something's just ready to ripen. In the harvest. In your life. If you will just allow God to be God in your life. We sang. He's the God of the breakthrough. And boy I don't know about you. But I can get excited about that. Because I want so many breakthroughs in my life. And, and you know. I, I, I love the thought of when I was in football. And they, the cheerleaders would have that big you know, run through sign. And that's a breakthrough. Because you know you're. Break through it. It's only paper, but man, you're giving me something bigger to break through. And we need a breakthrough sometimes in our circumstances. But do we believe that God is who He says He is and can do what He says He can do? And, and here He is. And here He is. He's saying, you know what? Can I, can I just use your boat? Peter says, yeah. And somebody here and your next few choices will determine how the harvest comes true in your life. This, this passage of Scripture, I just I keep reading it and I think, here's the author, and he's all the, the New Testament authors, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're, they're they're, they're writing this, and have you ever noticed that it's such an important day, but we don't know what Jesus spoke on when He was in the boat? All these people have come out to hear Him, 
I'm a pastor. Could you give me his notes? Could you just tell me the subject? Nope. Now again, there could be a lot of reasons, but I'm thinking the authors, as they're writing this down, is the most memorable time. These are the things that are important. It's not that Jesus wasn't saying life-changing things, but it's what Jesus did at this moment that was so world-changing. And it was just for Peter. See, Jesus asked Peter, can I use your boat? And if you're not careful, he got the boat for the people, not the people for the boat. It was a platform for the people. I have a poster in my office that says, if you don't have courage to lose sight of the shore, you'll never discover new oceans. And it reminds me that just in this story that that Jesus says, Peter, can I use your boat? And, and they pushed him out just a little bit. It's just a shallow part of the water and Jesus was able to speak to the people. But here Jesus is, and after he's done with the sermon of the day, nobody heard the drums rolling. Nobody heard the music changing. But there was a turning point that was going to affect eternity. In the next few seconds. And the Bible says that Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Hey Peter, let me read it. In verse 4 it says, When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. Now for you and I that read this and we're in the comforts of a church and we're pretty relaxed today, we haven't, you know, probably... Uh, broken any rocks or, you know, sledgehammered, you know, the rocks or the concrete. We, we're, we're pretty refreshed. We're not tired. It's the beginning of the day. But for Peter, it's a total different part of the day. It's at the end of the day. The Bible says that again that Peter was washing his nets because it was at the end of his day. This is the cleanup. I don't know about you, but I hate the cleanup of any job. If I paint, if I, I'm pretty good at paint, but when I get done to clean all those brushes, I get... If, if I cook, which is very seldom, I, I, I cook, and they, but to clean up, come on. And I'm sure Peter's at this. He can see the end of his day on the horizon, and he's cleaning the nets and getting everything picked up, and he's ready to go home. He's ready to go back to the house. Come on, can you hear? He's washing his nets because he can see the recliner just ahead. A sandwich, maybe. Maybe an enchilada. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, would you like to double down? See, see, you haven't had a successful day, but would you like to all in at this moment and double down and, and, and do what I'm going to ask you to do? Would you, would you want to go out into the deep and cast your nets out again? I want you to think about this because this is you and I. And if we're not careful, we'll write it off to somebody that's efficient and I don't even know how that all applies to me. But if you can see the parallel in our lives, we get to the place where we are ready to give it up. We're believing for a harvest. We're believing for a better year. But some of us have gone through a, 
a bad year or bad years in the past and we're saying, you know what, I'm done. You can take this job and shove it. You know what I mean? I'm going to divorce. That woman doesn't have any sense. That child of mine, he can get out of my house. I'm done. That boss, I don't know what's going on in his mind, her mind. She treated me wrong and I'm just going to go through the motions. Oh yeah, I'll get my check. <laughs> I'll get what's coming to me. But I'm not going to do any work. or I'm not going to do any extraordinary work. I'm done. I'm cleaning my nets. I'm done. And see, Jesus is saying, would you double down? Would you, would you go out into the deep? Would you do it again? Would you do it even harder than you did? Even though you weren't successful in what you just did? What you just came from? The years previous that seemed to be, it seemed to be not successful. But when I say, would you do it again? Would you, would you take a chance with what I say? so many times as we've said in the past our belief system comes then out choices of what we believe you can see people because they make choices off their belief system and then off of their choices they put themselves in experiences that will either confirm back their belief system or change their belief system and because we are people of habit and we get into the belief system that make choices that put us in example uh, experiences and then we go see our belief system works and most of the time that we're not successful, we say, Murphy's Law, if it's going to happen bad, it's going to happen to me. Well, you're just self-prophesying over yourself. I'm washing my nets. I'm going home. I'm done. I'm tired. And Jesus says, hey, can I, can I borrow your boat? Would you push out a little bit deeper into the deep water? See, because what I can teach you may be up here in the shallow, but what we're going to experience now as a test, I want to see if you'll go out to the deep end. And here's Peter, and he's thinking, he's, and he's probably scratching his head. We've toiled all night. It says he was exhausted. We've caught nothing. You know what it means in the Greek? Nothing. 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 Zero. There was nothing in our nets when we kept pulling them back up and pulling them back up. Here's the tipping point to Peter's harvest. It's right here. Shallow water is okay, but if he's going to change his BS, his belief system, some of you woke up. <laughs> He's going to have to believe outside of his belief system. He's going to have to make some choices that are different. That aren't as comfortable because what I have done through my experiences have proven that it is not a time to fish in the middle of the day. You've got to go in the morning. The tipping point. See, there's people that always say I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. But you know what? Again, my belief system says that's the way I'm always going to be because that's who I am. But when Jesus comes into your life and says, can I use your boat? And you say yes. And then He says, okay, let's go out a little bit deeper. See, that, that's a lot, a lot of ask on His part. You're, you're asking me to, to, to rekindle the love 
that I had for this woman? God, you don't know what kind of woman she is. She's caused me so much grief over the years. Come on. She don't make enchiladas. She just makes chicken and says it's good for me. You all have your personal experiences. <laughs> no agreement with me on that one. All right. Come on. The, the boss, the work, the job that is so mundane, there is nothing here for me. It's a dead-end job. See, but God says, you know what? If you look at it as my platform and you push out into the deep and you double down, in other words, you invest double what you've done in Watch the harvest that I have for you. Can you get out of your belief system if you're in the place where you say that won't work for me right now? You're saying, I, I turn, can you break that habit? See, someone here needs to hear that. That tomorrow is a new day when you get up. Hey, why wait till tomorrow? Let's do it right now. He's the God of the breakthrough. Jesus is saying, it's not over. See, what you think is over, I'm saying, it's not over. See, Jesus knew what was out there in the deep. He knew what was Peter's future if he would just be in obedience to what he's saying. I want you to hear this. See, our God is not a shallow God. And he says, let's go into the deep. And Peter says these words. Now, again, we read them thousands of years later and it doesn't ring unless you say them in your own mind. Listen to this. Peter says, but on the ground of your word, I will lower the nets again. You know what? I, I think that some of us I know in my life personally, probably some of the biggest regrets I have in my life is not going deeper in areas that I know that God had for me. You say, Pastor, look at all the things that have happened and, and I appreciate the encouragement and, and I'm not stuck on regret, but I'm saying a lot of things that I left on the table is just because I wasn't willing to go deeper. See, it's so much familiar in the shallow end of the water because I can even fall out of the boat and touch the ground. But there's something about being out of control in the deep end. In other words, in our relationship with God, when He asks us to walk in faith and we can't see it, touch it, taste it, or feel it, we're going, you know what, God, I don't know if I can do that. It's so much safer to just let you use my boat in the shallow end than go out into the deep end. But can I tell you this morning, the fish was not in the shallow end. They were out in the deep. See, we like to play it safe, but God says, I want you to launch out into the deep. Peter had to fight every kind of thing that he had going through his mind. His experiences, his, his background, all his friends that were fishermen saying, you never catch any fish in the middle of the day when it's hot. You crazy? But on the ground of your word. I love to hear that. But on the ground of your word. But on the ground of your word, Jesus. I, I'm going to be teachable. See, see, it doesn't make sense to me. I want to stay on the shore and wash my nets. And then I want to tell everybody, yeah, I just want a good day. 
But Jesus, on the word, on the ground of your word. See, Peter's saying he, he doesn't even know that Jesus is the Messiah. All he knows is he's a guy that's walking along the beach and he's called a rabbi, a teacher. But until he experiences a new belief system, he will never, ever, 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 ever bring himself one day to say, when Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And Peter goes, ah, you got this one. Guys, no, I got it. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Until he gets to this place where he's willing to launch out into the deep, he will never bring himself to that revelation. The Bible says, and I'll just summarize the rest of this message. The Bible says that they push out into the deep and Jesus goes, okay, let down your nets. Now's the time. Isn't, can, can we all be in agreement that we want to get to that point where we go, today's the day of the harvest. Yay, harvest. Payday. All the hard work. And if we don't get to that point quickly, the, you know, the Bible's saying that Peter, Peter's going, yeah, I'll be willing to launch out. But in our lives, I think that a lot of times from the moment that we hear God say to do it until the payday, that's when we become impatient. But the Bible says this, that Peter pushes out, they go out into the deep, he says, let down your nets, and the Bible says that they catch a great haul of fish. In the middle of the day! See, in your mind, you can be 13 years of age or you can be 75 and go, God doesn't work that way. And He won't in your life. Just like Peter could say, He don't work that way. Or you can say, God, you can use my life, my struggling, my suffering, my influence. Some of us need to realize that God is keeping us as even an elderly person around so that we can speak as God's platform to our grandchildren that definitely need a patriarch and a matriarch in their lives to say, this is the way, walk in it. Pastor, I thought that was the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's using you, Grandma and Grandpa, to do that. See, we all get hearing those people say, well, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Nobody ever, not us. Don't get in agreement with that. We're going to speak the truth and love to people. In a time and an age where people definitely and desperately need somebody to speak truth and love to them. God says, can I use your boat as my platform? This morning, I believe that as this message is, is been spoken, there's people that's looking back on your life and going, you know what? I looked at this and this and this is not a platform for God, but just a boat. It had little purpose. But this is a new day. And if we can sing and get in agreement that He is the God of the breakthrough, this is the day that we say, God, I'm believing for a harvest in my life, and therefore, God, I'm going to launch out into the deep. What does that mean to you? Maybe some will get involved in ministry in this church more than you ever have before. Pastor, it's about time to dismiss, so let's close her down, okay? 
Some of you will use your income to be a giver more than you've ever done before. Well, Pastor, I don't even have enough to, to pay my bills. And you don't catch fish in the middle of the day either. So what will you do when God says, cast out into the deep? Let's pray. Father, you are a merciful God. And Father, we know that as we walk in this, this flesh, this, this body, that we're not perfect. But God, that you are merciful to say, this is a new day, new opportunity. I'm the God of the breakthrough and I can put the past in the past and today set you on the right course. This is a day of breakthrough. This is a day of harvest. Father, today I pray for my brothers and sisters, my family that's here. God, from the right to the left, to the front to the back. The God that we would realize that you have placed in our hands something to be used as your platform. Our, our personality. God, the, the influence at work and at home and in our family relationships. God, you have blessed us with finances. And Father, today we're, we're believing and praying that God, that we can be a blessing through our finances, not just at the church, but God, in, in our family, in our neighbors, people that we're just sitting next to at a restaurant. That God, that we can be a blessing to them. And Father, we can choose to launch out in the deep water instead of staying in the shallow end. Father, we thank you so much for that. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen.